0: It's time to hold on, to you. It's time's holding on, holding on, holding on to you. So
1: You're listening to The Noise Canceling Pod, the podcast about streamlining life, encouraging discourse, and maximizing your mind. Hosted by Frank Boyce and Axel Clark.
0: All right, welcome everybody to episode 24 of The Noise Canceling Pod. I'm Frank Boyce. And this is Axel Clark. We're very excited to have you guys back. I know we've been we've been off for a couple of weeks, uh, but I I think we have a cool mini pod to uh, catch you guys up on on all of our activities. Uh, Axel, do you, do you want to go first? You were uh, you were starting to tell me a story about your your newest interest, and I cut you off. I said I don't want to hear any of the good stuff until we start recording. So uh, this is new, just as new to me as it is to everybody else.
1: Okay, so so I started this new workout. Routine or workout program called Gymnastics Bodies, and it's on, it's it's online and it's by this former coach of the U.S. national team, and so he put together a program that's it's not built to like have you do backflips. I guess there are some skill elements to it, but the base program is just to two elements to keep to increase your mobility and increase your strength. And there's four moves that are, actually, I guess there's eight moves that are the final mastery that you're working towards. Mm-hmm. And so, I just started today.
0: Interesting. So, how do you how do you feel after the first workout? I, did, I had no idea this was online, so this is kind of a, this is an intriguing concept.
1: Yeah, so you had to pay to get the workout, but you can kind of see, they have some examples and stuff that you can go to online. So... There's an intro course that is, primar- I would say, primarily stretching, and it actually is pr- interesting in that it's very similar to yoga. My mm-hmm. girlfriend keeps poking fun at me saying that, <laughs> that all I'm doing is yoga and calling it gymnastics, but, uh, but so I did the intro course and it just basically you'd assess where your weaknesses are from a mobility perspective, primarily. Mm-hmm. And so I completed that, and then now I'm starting the strength course along with the mobility.
0: Nice. So what, what are the end, you said there were end skills that you were shooting towards, what are those skills?
1: So it's like, oh, let's see, <laughs> they're crazy skills, so like a side planch, which is basically other people call it a flag, mm-hmm. where you can hold yourself up on a bar sideways okay and it, you know what i'm saying oh yeah that's legit so that's that's one of the exercises there's another one where you kind of you have your hands on the ground but you kind of like curl yourself up so that your feet are up over the top of yourself okay i think that's called a i'll have to look up what these what these things are called so there's like four of these things and most of them are like different holds it's primarily holds in this case that are they require both strength and mobility.
0: Nice. That's. I, I think that's really cool. I mean, I. I personally love yoga. I'm um, <laughs> <I am> terrible <laughs> at gymnastics, so I, I totally respect going out after that. As you uh, begin to attempt some of these skills, do you think you could possibly videotape them for, <laughs> for people who listen to this?
1: Yeah. So, the thing is that they're not. they're like I'm not doing skill work. So. Here, here's what they are, uh, front lever, which is where you have the, I guess they're called parallel bars, mm-hmm. and you are upside, like uh, almost like you're on your back, and you're holding your arms out in front of you, and just holding your body completely le- parallel to the ground, okay, just by holding on to the parallel bars. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Uh, the straddle planche, which is where you're. It's basically the exact opposite of that. So you're on the top of, uh, basically on top of the bars, and you're holding your body parallel to the ground. Basically, like you're you're doing a push up, but with your feet off the ground and holding yourself up.
0: That sounds very challenging.
1: Side lever, like I mentioned, the mana, which is what I was, side lever is where you're like a flag. Mana is where you have your arms on the ground and you're you've rolled up into almost like a ball with your feet over the, like in your face and you're just kind mm-hmm. of holding yourself there. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the ones I maybe have the mo- most will be closest to are single leg squat all the way to the ground and then rope climb.
0: Okay, so a lot of strength, but also you know some things that that take both balance and strength combined. Right. Yeah. And,
1: yeah, and there a lot of it is holds, but there's, they won't let you progress, in, unless you have both the strength and mobility to move on to the next. Cause they have a progression that you are working up towards, and if you are really strong but you have poor mobility, then they hold you back because when you're in that situation and you have that huge disparity, you're it's the most likely or you're most at risk for injury.
0: True. Mm. Sure. So how how do they hold you accountable? Like how do, what are their controls on they, that?
1: So obviously you can probably just lie when you input your stuff into their kind of program. But you mm-hmm. input what you did and then there's like a test that uh, the, a a test that you have to take of doing a certain number of of the exercise with the proper form with the right mobility. Interesting. So I mean you can always just cheat it, but they try to place some holds on there to to keep you honest.
0: So what's the um, what's the negative reinforcement or no what's the negative feedback dude? Like how how do you feel like you're gonna stay motivated? I do so
1: not I don't I don't necessarily always I think once I put my mind to that I'm gonna do it, I need to write it down as a goal, then I generally can follow through on it. I don't necessarily I don't think I always need a negative thing. hmm But I and also I I have a fairly good habit of working out, so this will just replace my usual workouts.
0: Nice, that's true. So if you're already in a good habit, you can just kind of add that add that to your existing structure. That's right. cool. How, how much is it?
1: I think it's like two fifty or something like that.
0: So so decent. I mean, that's kind of a negative, not right. a negative reinforcement, <laughs> but true. I mean, like it's, it's carrying a little bit of a stick yeah. if you if you just give up after a right. couple of days. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That's a good motivator. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, so
1: that's that's the. I'm
0: a, I'm a little disappointed it doesn't involve a backflip, but I feel like if you can do all those skills, like you're getting right. you're getting closer to the, to that backflip goal.
1: You're right. In fact, when I try to do when I went to the adult and masses class, that's what they told me is my shoulder mobility was so poor that I was hindering my backflip ability.
0: <laughs> nice. Do you do you have an indoor uh, trampoline park anywhere around the DC metro area?
1: No, but remember we saw the <laughs> Friday flip class. So oh, yeah. I really just need to get make some headway and then go roll into that class and see what's up.
0: You definitely should. That's awesome. The next thing you said uh you change your mode of transportation to work. Yes. Yeah, so I'm I, very, very curious to hear about this.
1: Okay, so I just moved apartments in D C and i I moved from where my walk was eight minutes to the metro to about twelve to fifteen minutes. And I Mainly have has, I've and I've pretty much biked every single day since then. So it's probably about a five mile ride into work, and it's mm-hmm. so hot here that it, I'm lucky that the gym is on the right side. So I park my bike in front of the gym and then go in and shower every morning, and then change. And then I when I come home, I basically have to shower when I get home because I'm so sweaty. But it's uh it's fun. It's through downtown, so it's like it's there is some excitement because people are not running red lights, but people are <laughs> figured out how to time the the signals and stuff. So it's a, it's kind of an adventure, but it's been fun.
0: So you do 15 miles there and 15 miles. No, back?
1: I think it's only five miles. There. Oh, five miles. Okay. It's about 25. It's a 20 <clears throat> to 25 minute ride.
0: Nice. And what kind of bike setup do you have?
1: I have, it's, it's like a fixie bike that you would, I don't know if you ever looked up fixie. It's one of those types of bikes. And nice. I, we were talking a little bit before that, uh, I don't, I have not figured out how to do the skid slot, skid stop, so I still have the front brake on
0: it. So none of you pure bike messengers or fixie guys out there start hitting on axles. Uh, I really wouldn't do that myself either.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, I have, you have to commit to, to, you, have to you have to get up over the front tire so there's not as much weight on the back tire, mm-hmm. and then just figure out when the right time to just Put your feet straight and throw the stop on. Yeah,
0: no, I wouldn't like that at all.
1: But <laughs> it's yeah, I, it's probably not worth it to. I mean, obviously, I would practice if I, I It's probably not worth it to ever just pull your brakes off entirely. But besides, just the badass. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: does look cool. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember stopping like that on my banana seat yeah. back in the day on some gravel roads. Pretty, I felt real cool. uh. So did you bike it all in Boston? No, Like it, actual I, I, city biking?
1: No, I think that really was like 200. Oh, not, not really. I got into it mainly when I was in San Antonio and then and when I was in Qatar I'd bike to work every single day, which was I it was hotter than it was here, so I would just bike in sweaty. I, I was wearing ABUs, so I'd bike in and I would just take my top off like the the top off and yeah. try to cool off. But <laughs> nice. I just got used to I think I just got used to being sweaty when I was over there.
0: Well, oh, yeah, I would, I would ride in Turkey. And, like, if you rode fast enough, because it was only, like, just over a mile, if yeah. you rode fast enough, like, you could you could get there before the huge sweat started. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> but she had to fly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm thinking back to... Because I, I used to ride a lot in Boston. Um, <clears throat> and that's where I did my century, just, like, all through the streets. And it's, like it really depends on the car culture like if they have any any empathy towards bikers it makes total difference of how crazy it is how do you feel like the the driver do you think they're pretty aware of bike lanes and bikers in DC
1: well so there's on the on 15th street which is the one i take there's actually a coned like a coned off two lane bike bike road or bike lane mm-hmm. so you're pretty much separated i mean the the main thing is when you get to the intersections and the the biggest thing where people run into problems is when you have a a left a green arrow left turn coming across your so technically you have a do not walk and, Mm -hmm. and a red light but if no one's coming like as a biker for whatever reason I feel like you have are more able to run red lights yeah so like you can just come across but then sometimes People aren't watching closely, like the people behind you aren't watching closely, and then some, there's a car coming to turn it that you aren't going to be anywhere near. But the person behind you is daydreaming, and that can cause some problems. I've seen. Do you rock headphones? <laughs> oh I go one one ear in one ear. In. One ear okay, yeah. that's that's okay. That's
0: okay. I will give you that. If you're on a bike lane, I think that's that's legit. Yeah, I just didn't know if you're you're rocking. Rocking out. No, Dude, I was gonna. I was gonna say, you know, maybe just think about one headphone because it's. Yeah. uh You you don't really have to worry about yourself that much, but other cars, man. That's, that's scary. True. Yeah.
1: yeah, we're separated though for the most part, except for one little section. But yeah. That's
0: awesome. You got a good route to work. That's that's key.
1: Yeah, it's probably just painful enough that I, if I had to, I can walk to the metro. But it's, it seems a little bit closer that where I'm at now to just ride my bike. So. It's just enough to get me to basically continuously ride my bike.
0: That's sweet. What uh, have you thought about your winter setup at all?
1: No, I. So I was thinking maybe I need to get some tights or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, my tire setup.
1: Well, my tires. <laughs> so because you you can
0: bike all winter if right. you have the right setup.
1: So I have my tires are decent. Like they're not pure slicks. So yeah. I can do in in the rain. Well, if it's snowing, I. I don't know. I don't think it's happening in the snow. I don't think I'm putting chains on my bike and
0: really making it happen. Spikes, yeah. Spikes. So you're not you're not fully committed, but you not yet. You you want to make at least eighty percent effort, right? <laughs> our our right. usual eighty percent.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, that's awesome. So I have a couple updates as well. Um, the first update is that I have not. I have yet to break four minutes on on the mile. <laughs> 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 but but training has training has been going a lot better. I will say uh, it's been a lot more focused. Um, good cross training, really good speed training lately. Uh, I realized when I was I was just doing some testing, some half miles that I, I still just was not there speed wise. Like it, it wouldn't matter how good a shape I was. Like I was I just I'm I'm not good, especially on that second lap. I I haven't been able to maintain. Maintain that speed, and I think it's because my top speed just is still way too slow. So I've okay. been I've been working on the speed a lot more, I'm working on my turnover rate on my legs, and and really, really getting that stride a lot quicker, a lot quicker. So I think um, it's 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 improving. It's um it's a humbling experience. I'll be honest, it it, it really is. Um, How frequently are you working out? Um, the last few weeks, it's been. Five or six days a week
1: you're doing sprints or some sort of running training five or six days a week yes, yeah that's, that's amazing
0: so that's i've I've been pretty committed um and and gotten into a good rhythm so so we'll see i th- I think if I keep this up uh, we'll have a pretty good idea in two months to see if it's uh if it's remotely feasible but yeah it's uh, it's uh it's a grind for sure it's uh especially when I just didn't really consider how far. How much slower I was because of all my marathon and <laughs> and slower movements, you know. Yeah. Like I just think back to when I was running track in high school, and I was like, I'm I'm sure my stride is about the same, and I'm sure my pacing is about the same, but nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way slower. So yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting experience to uh, to try to quicken that pace back up.
1: I'm impressed that you're still after it because I think there are a number of people that once they realize that they were kind of farther away from their goal than they expected, it would be Demoralizing.
0: I think I'm just curious to see how large of the failure is actually going to be. Like, what, like, I'm, I'm less concerned on how close I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm more focused on, like, this is going to be really intriguing to see how far away with an after, even after, right, even after with all full my effort. effort. Yeah, yeah, with
1: full effort, how far away. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the listeners are excited as well.
0: I hope so. I'm, I'm going to hopefully get somebody out on, um, I finally found, I think, a track that that's more suited for uh, at least a half mile test. Yeah. R- really nice indoor track because it's been so hot here. Mm. Um, really nice indoor track, and I, I think I'm going to try to get somebody to come and record me uh, doing a doing an 800 meter in the next uh, nice. three to four weeks. So we'll we'll throw that up after probably the next episode. But yeah, All right. so, so, it's still going. It's still going. The dream is still alive. That's great to hear.
1: That's awesome. Hey, um, so- Oh, go ahead. Hey, so I was just gonna say, so I I had a new observation at work that I want to tell you about. Oh, it's here. So, in the in the summer, that's kind of the turnover time mm-hmm. uh, for the military. A lot of people are ended up moving this summer, so we've we've had a big turnover, and we have a number of new people in my in my group, which is about ten people big. And I've noticed that I really appreciate the new people because they've brought new questions, new ideas, new attitudes. And th- like their, their attitude and kind of excitement about doing things is is contagious. Number one. And I, I appreciate, uh, having them in the office now. And I was trying to think, is there a way that after a year you can reset and have that same attitude a, a year later at the same job versus having to switch jobs to, to get that new Uh, Ask question attitude.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a good challenge to to be like, can I actually step back? Because I think I would even say at like six months, you're really starting to settle in. Like you understand the processes. You probably made a few suggestions at that point of like how you think you could improve them. And probably somewhere between that six and nine months, like you've you've created some band-aids to, to different solutions or like figured out a way around how they, they want you to do things right? Where you, where you feel at least it's not a huge pain anymore. Uh, I don't know. What, did you have any specific thoughts on it?
1: Well, so I know I was thinking that for sure when, when people recommend taking a serious vacation two weeks or more, I think that one of the benefits of taking a vacation that long could be something like that where you have long enough to to, like disconnect and then you come back with with a fresh set of eyes so that's one
0: way i think you could possibly do it so do you think so i would say that i feel like that's in theory a good way um but when i think about when i come back from vacation like, I'm usually so overwhelmed trying to get caught back up. Like, I, I don't feel mm. like when I come back, I'm like, oh, I have the bandwidth to sit here for the next 45 minutes and think about how we do our processes.
1: Yeah. Hmm, it's so like, how,
0: I don't, so I mean, like, how how do you find, because that's really the barrier, right? Like, how do you, how do you find an uninter, uninterrupted time frame where you feel like you can just dedicate to thinking about how you do things at work?
1: I don't know, because you're right. Well, the, you're right, the problem is you get in a grind and you're just trying to, push work or whatever, and so you don't have, maybe you need to schedule time to think about that. I think I've seen things about that.
0: Do you think that would work for you?
1: It's possible. I think, so I've found that putting it on a to-do list is kind of effective, but if I put it on my calendar, then that's a little bit more effective, because then it's on my calendar and I get a real reminder. And I' have blocked a certain portion of my day to doing it, so maybe putting in uh I think I've tried this before, and it w- it went okay but
0: so one thing so yeah so i've I've done this a few times with like different process improvements or like new processes I've been thinking about, and I agree the to do list works okay sometimes the calendar works okay sometimes the I think the most effective is having a calendar invite and taking you to a different place. Oh,
1: that's exactly what I was just thinking about. Yeah. I definitely would need to, to leave and bring just a notepad maybe and go to a different place because then you move away from all your work distractions that are just stare, calling to you to, to pick up or do
0: yeah, I, I think my the two couple productive times that I can think of. One was just on an airplane where I put everything away, like I put my phone and computer and and everything away, and just had a notepad, thinking about that. Um, and then the other time, I just locked myself in a conference room with a whiteboard. <laughs> it's was like, yeah. all right, let's let's try to figure this out. So I, think, I think that's a good idea.
1: I think so. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try putting the. I don't know if it's gonna be thirty minutes or an hour of time maybe next I think it's, I think it's gotta maybe, be an hour it's gotta be like, an hour
0: yeah you can like you can kill 30 minutes pretty fast like all of a sudden you see an email on your phone or <laughs> yeah do you, something like that
1: do you think there's a benefit in doing it as a group as a small group or do you have to do it by yourself just the people you think would be would be interested in this type of thought I think thing. I
0: think it depends a lot. I've been lucky. I've been in some places that are really into process improvements, and you know, group brainstorming. I think especially like one on one brainstorming is really effective. Yeah. Just because there's even with four people, people are sometimes trying not to sound silly or stupid or get their ideas shut down. But with like just one on one ideas, you can you can really spitball off each other pretty easily. Um,
1: the only downside of that is that if you don't involve everyone then they're not going to be bought into your ideas right off the bat maybe so that's sure. one thing to consider probably is uh, if we're if you start doing something as a group
0: and i think the group size depends a lot on like where the idea is in terms of formation cuz right. like if an idea hasn't even become a concept play yet like it's it's probably a good idea for you to sit down and spend some time figuring out like how you actually want to communicate and what the idea actually is and then like as that – becomes a concept, then you can bring in one or two people, and then right. as a, as you're saying, okay, this how does this concept re- replace something, or how does it relate to what we're doing, then you can bring in the larger group that it's actually going to affect.
1: Yeah. I think I definitely need to capture all these questions and good ideas that this new group has, so I need to schedule something with them to get like, get maybe their one or two-month feedback of, hey, where's, first of all, how is the onboarding process to the new organization? Now that you've been here for a little bit, and then what let's make a list of the things you think we should at least consider.
0: That's awesome. I think if most places most workplaces spent time and energy on that, you would solve <laughs> probably fifty percent of all all people's complaints, honestly. Cause right. so much of it is onboarding and getting trained and you know, different people having different feedback on how silly or <laughs> bureaucratic they think processes are. right
1: well the problem is if you don't do anything about it in the first two months then you forget and then when the next people come in all you could tell them is oh yeah that's a
0: sucky process sorry <laughs> that's just how we do it yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry we tried to change it last time and it didn't find didn't get any traction <laughs> or i just complained
1: about it last time and right. discussed how we should fix that for the next people and then we didn't do anything
0: have you had any success, um, like retreats or mini retreats? Like I, d- I don't think it's it's even necessary to always go that far offsite, but you know, just to get people a little bit out of their normal element and take some time to actually talk about what you're doing.
1: So I have. I've done getting away from the office activities. I used to do something like that once a month in when I was in you but it was not for strategic planning or anything like that it was more actually to just completely step away from the office and work on communication and having fun and and building teamwork i have not i haven't done any strategic plans i don't i feel like i have to think about that because i'm somewhat skeptical of because usually i've seen it done in the form of Hey everyone, we need to get together and write our mission vision and goals. And yeah. most of the time, you end up arguing about these words that really don't matter, and then people put together like a 10 like 10 different goals. The mission statements a, a paragraph long and no one can remember any of it. So you spend all <laughs> this time putting it together and then maybe you post it on a wall, but no one can remember any of any of what
0: it says. No, I, I totally agree with that. I think it just takes, it takes a lot of light work to, to know what, what things to actually bring to that setting. You know, what, what things you have control over. is. I think that's the biggest element because like, you can talk about processes all you want. And you can talk about ways to improve how you do your work. But if at the end of the day, you can't actually change that stuff, like you're just, you're just wasting time talking about it.
1: Yeah. I think, but, for, I think for us in my current job, So, we do all the reviews. I think there would be benefit of us engaging with the people we're doing the reviews for earlier in the process. Mm -hmm. I think there's just something fundamentally broken about a review process where someone works on something for a year or more with no... I mean, so we do some interaction of telling people like what the latest trends are or whatever. Mm -hmm. But no one-on-one interaction. So, they work on something for a year and then we get it and we have two weeks... And they're at the very end of the process of their schedule, and to think that even if we do find something that's significant that needs a change, no one's happy about that because their schedule is sunk, right And so even if it is a good change, people are frustrated because they wish they would have known about this earlier than two weeks before they were scheduled to do the next state, the next milestone
0: yeah that sounds like one that would uh <laughs> be really good to sit down and and think about when in the process it would be be the best to do that
1: right so that's something that i actually one that was something that one of the new guys brought up that we were talking about what we could how we could improve, and I think that's one the area
0: that's awesome yeah I think that'd be that'd be super beneficial. I just think you know I did one at the last place that that I worked we had an entire day. And you know, our supervisor was was awesome. She was just like, you know, you guys schedule it out, figure out what you want. So it was it was team building, it was we looked at process improvement and we broke out into I think it was four different teams that all had their own mini process improvement. Yeah. And so we we actually did I think it was either three or four process improvement projects in that one day. Oh wow. And then we, we broke it up and I think there was two two different hours of of time in the morning and in the afternoon to kind of come up with your plan and present it with the group and then the whole group worked together to to kind of tweak what their suggestions were and, and how how it was gonna be implemented. And then you know our boss was right there uh, participating and like we actually ended up implementing most of the ideas that came out of that day. Nice. So I would highly recommend if you can I mean a whole day is really hard to swing. Right. But but if you if you can do it, it's uh it's beneficial just to give that much mind space to, to improving things.
1: Yeah. All right. Hey, do uh, you want to talk about the project you're working on now?
0: Yeah. So starting, I want to say officially, like August eighth, um, I started working on a nonprofit corporation called Morning Story Incorporated, and so we we basically help people. Videotape write scripts and videotape um, videos for their own funeral, and so really the the part that i 'm working on right now is just setting up the business model, setting up the website getting getting everything that a business needs to to kind of get off their feet so it's been interesting you know <laughs> going through an MBA program and being in business classes and talking about business uh, it feels a lot different to actually be starting a business
1: yeah what so what are the what was the first step what were the first things that you did and what what are the biggest challenges or problems you have to think about and deal with
0: Those are both really good questions so I mean the idea stage started back in January, so it, it wasn't like it just kicked off randomly so we we'd been kind of discussing different time frames and i think I think the the hardest part was figuring out. You know, when you actually wanted to kick it off, because I mean, there's never there's never a perfect time to kick off a project like that when especially when you're both, you know, both my my co-founder, Mike and I, we both work full time jobs. And so this is this is something we work on at night. So there's never like a really good time. And so it was just like uh, late in July. I was like, we just got to get this started. So putting everything together, honestly, the incorporation, we did it through LegalZoom. I, I, as somebody who's written contracts for ten years, it was incredibly easy to get that rolling, um, and and actually become a become a corporation. So like that part was really easy. I think the honestly the hardest part was getting all the visual elements together um, because Mike is Mike is the one doing a lot of the training and. Conceptual things that mm-hmm. we 're actually going to present to clients and and you know mine is mostly just the business side, so like getting all the visual elements together, getting the website to look cohesive and professional yeah like it's just all these different processes that you have to have to tie together and, and try to stay on top of
1: I think it's you showed me the website i 'm actually impressed with how far along you've come in less than thirty days oh, I appreciate amazing.
0: that it's been it's been a lot of time, and I have to say. I feel very fortunate in the time period that we're we're looking at that because you know if we had tried to do this 10 years ago there just aren't the number of freelancers that would support the the business because the business model is you know we're working with clients to write their script and then we're we're hiring independent contractor videographers to come in and shoot it for us
1: okay
0: um, and so like even a few years ago, there just wouldn't be the number of people with the skills and there wouldn't be the equipment available, Mm -hmm. you know, where, you know, a thousand dollar camera now shoots so much, I mean, infinitely better video and sound quality than, you know, probably a $5,000 camera 10 years ago. So just the freelancers in, in that aspect just kind of allow the business model to be feasible, number one. And then, you know, for putting a whole business plan and, and business together, there's just so many people with so many skills in terms of graphic design, motion graphics, um, website design, website optimization. And I've just been, you know, it's just incredible to me how readily available those resources are if you can find the right people.
1: Yeah, what are you targeting a certain like city area to begin with, or what's? what's your kind of target audience to, to, at the start?
0: Yeah. So right now it's headquartered out of Minneapolis. So uh, our focus is we're going to try to launch a full scale where we have care coordinators on the ground that can go and talk to clients in in Minneapolis and around the twin cities. Um, I'm also going to more, uh, I don't want to say experimentally, but, but see who, see which partners we can, we can round up in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Um, and then kind of go from there to see if if the if the remote model of this is feasible, where we train people online and then have a videographer go out and shoot with them. So it's kind of a, a test plan in in Nashville. But in terms of actually recording, it's going to be mainly in Minneapolis for the time being.
1: Gaia, How much work has he had to put in for to figure out the training beforehand, or what kind of how much training are you looking at uh, providing prior to the video?
0: So, I mean, it's it's training in a couple of different directions. It's training the care coordinators to talk about, you know, these people who are, um, you know, they may not necessarily be towards the end of their life. I mean, I'm going to shoot one in a couple of weeks. So I think it's just people who are thinking about, you know, the legacy they want to leave and how they want to impact people at their funeral. So th- that's one element is just training our care coordinators. Um, you know, writing the script, I think, because we're trying to limit it, between, lim- <laughs> not limit it, but but keep it pretty concise, uh, and try to try to have it somewhere between five and ten minutes. Mm-hmm. You really have to have to guide people through. You know, you can't just go in with a with a loosely written script. Like you really need to have it practiced and have it have it down. And you know, we, we have Mike's written six different elements that he thinks most should include. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so I think keying on those six things will really help people to to frame frame their script and, and frame their videos. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's as you can imagine, it's taken a lot of time. Um, There's been frustrating days where I'm just like, this is our 50th iteration of the logo. I can send you all the different iterations of the logo. but Who did you go
1: through to get the logo done?
0: Oh, my gosh. So, we started off and I did two different people on Fiverr. Um, Actually, no, that's not true. Katie did the original one, um, which I still like. She hand drew it. That's my wife, Katie. Mm -hmm. Um, She hand drew it. And then um, she was kind of like, you know, I I don't necessarily love it. And I was like, "Ah, I don't necessarily love it either. Uh, It was still good, but it it just wasn't quite where we needed to be. So we tried a Fiverr person for like 25 bucks and theirs was um, not great. (laughs) I wasn't happy about it. So then I tried like a a better person on Fiverr for like 50 bucks and didn't really like that either. Um, And then we found this one graphic that we loved and contacted this artist and, uh, it, they wanted $750 for commercial use of the logo, and I was like, ah, "Our budget right now is about $50, <laughs> so I really, I really love it, but uh, we can't, can't quite swing it." So they, they wouldn't negotiated it, but it was, uh, it was a beautiful logo, a very beautiful logo. So then, <laughs> it ended up being that Katie and I went back to the drawing board. Um, we ended up taking a class on graphic design at the same time. Um, got a macbook and and did the design ourselves um with little assistance from this website that does vectoring yeah. so we had like the basic design and then i needed somebody to clean it up mm-hmm. uh, and so they they cleaned up the hand drawing and turned it into a vector and then i did i did some final design on it on on photoshop so it was like just the logo process was a good three weeks of working almost every single night trying what to get-
1: <laughs> so this is interesting because i'm about to we need to get the logo together for the fantasy website that I'm the fantasy sports website I'm working on. Mm-hmm. So we're considering just throwing it out to the, all the people in the league and saying, "Hey, we're doing a competition to submit logos." Uh, I have a question for you. What's what what exactly is a vector, or what what does that mean?
0: It's basically a format, um, a com- computer image format.
1: So it's just a format. It's not like a vector. That it's like a file format
0: yeah it's basically just a file format okay um this website does they specialize in like a tracing vector, so like you can give them a photograph or you can give them a hand drawing like we gave them, mm-hmm. and their um graphic designers will trace it for you into a vector
1: okay, so in a vector so just, that's just a file format, not some okay
0: yeah
1: Got yeah, I did not I was sometimes confused about
0: that yeah but it's a it's a cool website if you ever need something turned into a a graphic design we we can give them a, a shout out on the on the notes but yeah it was only like 30 bucks for them to trace a hand hey, really? hand drawing and turn it into a photoshop file yeah this that was is pretty
1: this is the like orange and green logo
0: um if you see the logo at the very bottom of the website yeah just it's a, like a um, sun rising yeah exactly okay. yeah and if you go into the videos you can you can see that logo too. Yeah, so yeah, so I mean we just spent a lot of time and then working through, you know, getting your fonts down for all your literature. How
1: did you yeah. select your fonts?
0: You know, we we had some things written out, we had a brochure that that we had written and just really experimenting to see what was the cleanest, how did it blend in with our with our graphics and and with our color scheme and just uh you know, just really trying things out, knowing that, you know, we wanted probably two, maybe three fonts. Okay. You know, our our tagline is one font that we found that's more of a, a cursive styling. Uh our main our main body font is like the cleanest, most modern sans serif font yeah. that we could find. Um and then the logo um uh, is is a typewriter font. uh uh-huh. Yeah. So so, yeah, I mean, it just, takes, it just takes a lot of time and things you don't really consider, especially, you know, from, from our background in contracting. Like, you, you kind of have a conceptual model of a startup being, you know, business plan, getting your financials down, uh, getting into QuickBooks, incorporating. But there's just, there's so many, so many little tiny details that, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky that I have people who are skilled in it that can help me out with.
1: Yeah, that's, I feel, that, oh, I see all the fonts now. Uh, I feel like this is – what you're going through is great experience. And it's something that business school, I think, doesn't teach you that much. Like, you understand general concepts. And maybe that's the point, that they're t- giving you the framework to think about these things. But they're not t- teaching you tactically how all these things work.
0: Yeah, I mean, not getting into to any of that, really. I mean, you understand marketing. But, like, you don't understand why a certain font – you know stands out more to other people right. or, why, or why you need different aspects of color in your logo to communicate what your product actually is like you really don't talk about that stuff other than in very very basic terms right but yeah i totally agree <laughs> to a three-year mba i, I don't <laughs> like you said very basic framework that like that a guide but not not super helpful
1: yeah well i may be coming to you with questions on this logo i don't know we'll see
0: Nice. Well, I know I know Katie's available for some some freehand work if you if you have a concept in mind.
1: All right, we'll have to cool. Clear. We'll see how it goes. I think my initial thought is that I want to send it out to all the people in the league and see if they have any any suggestions. There may be some talent out there.
0: Yeah, that's honestly that's the thing that I found is so surprising right now. I've thrown out a few just random things on on Craigslist even. And the number of really talented qualified people that will pop up just bl- blows my mind I mean like within within twenty four hours, I threw up this one ad for independent videographers, and I had people who were excited about the idea, people that had every imaginable equipment set up and I was like this this is really amazing how much how much skill skilled work is out there
1: yeah that's cool. Yeah. I love this ex- I- I, I can't wait to talk more about this cause I think this is this, this is a cool experience that you have and something that I, I I think that's something that's missing from my experience I've never act like I somehow I well I've always someone been connected to government and so I haven't mm-hmm. I haven't really done the real small private business or whatever so
0: yeah for sure I mean it's, it's, a, it's a very different experience um very different experience and I'm, I feel really lucky that you know I, I still have a full time job. Right. Actually. You know, right. like it it obviously doesn't allow me the same amount of time to devote to this, but you know, if I was just diving into this full time, like man, I would be I bet I'd be working on it twenty hours a day. Yeah. Easily. So cool. I appreciate the time. Um did you have any other uh topics you want to cover? No, I
1: think those those are the main things that I've been working on or thinking about recently. Nice.
0: I keep going back and man, I I really loved our last episode. I I think that was that was one of my favorites. I think I keep thinking about the value of play like almost every day when I'm playing with Ivan.
1: Yeah, oh man, that's yeah, definitely. That's that was a that was a cool episode. So so
0: everyone, go back and listen to that. Keep playing. Keep your mind active. Um, and I'm Frank Boyce,
1: and this is Axel Clark. Like Frank said, keep playing and keep active. Have a great week.